Good morning, afternoon or evening, wherever you are in the world and welcome to the bloody awesome movie podcast. My name is Matt Hudson from What I Watch Tonight and joining me as ever from across the sea, he's a statesman to my kingsman and a jolly good fellow. It's John Burke from Burke Reviews. How are you, my friend? I'm doing very well, Matt. How are you this uh, evening, I guess, for you? Uh, it is, yes. It's a it's a nice balmy evening, I'd say that, but it's uh, it's warm in my house. It's hammering it down outside. The weather yeah. talk has returned. It's been horrific. There's hailstones and everything. Oh, I got wow. absolutely battered on the way to the school run this afternoon, but um, hey, at least it livened up the uh, boring old walk to the school. So other than that, yep, I'm doing okay, mate. Nothing to complain about. I've got my standard cup of English tea, probably imported from India or somewhere, uh, but I'm doing well. How about yourself? How's Florida keeping? Uh, well, since you brought up weather, I feel obligated to say it's a little hot outside. Thank but, you. Uh, I think right now it is saying 93 degrees, um, <laughs> but it feels like 100. It's 93, but it feels like 100, according to my weather app. Um and that sounds right. I, I ran this time yesterday uh, and I did put sunblock on it. It was a little overcast yesterday that did help, um, but it was very, very hot nevertheless. And 93. It's like 32 over here or something silly, like 42 over here. Yeah, those Fahrenheit Celsius That's it. ratios. It's 7 degrees Celsius, which is about 40 so, something Fahrenheit. I'll tell you what though, man, what is... Uh, raisin in a good way i i had a friend uh advise me i think i think it was back in january it, it was this year to invest in dogecoin you familiar yeah, with dogecoin? i'm gonna be talking about that yeah yeah so i bought i bought like 400 dogecoin at like two cents a piece mm-hmm. yep and no, right this. now right now it's 53 cents a piece so it's, it's not i mean i'm not rich or anything but it's a for me it's like wow what a turnaround i wish i'd bought more but you That's know a, there's still an increase dude it's the way you want it to be going. Yeah, yeah. It's it, uh, you know, it, it, it's only hoping to go up. Uh, Elon Musk is backing it. Like he keeps tweeting about it and share the uh, wealth, Elon. It's. I mean, for a while it was staying at like four or five cents. Like, and that was yeah. still like, hey, it doubled. It doubled. Cool. And then I think it's been about a month. It jumped up to like twenty five, thirty, and now it's it's been steady at fifty all day today. So it's it's kind of cool to like open up the app and just see like the little meter, like, Hey, you've made a bunch of money. Although it's still, again, it's not a lot of money. Like in today's <laughs> economy, it's still like nothing, but it's like, but the fact that I invested very little and I've now made this is a cool thing, you know? Dude, so, it's good. You watch in the next, in a couple of months time, it'll be uh the bloody awesome movie podcast. John will be recording from the Bahamas. as if he's got time for me anymore when he's oh, sipping man. his pina colada with his newfound wealth. No, the government will take all of it from me because I, I owe student loan money. No. And, you know, <laughs> it'll, it'll be gone, but at least maybe I will be able to live debt free for a little while. If that, be nice. if it, it would have to jump up over like several dollars. I think for me to have any kind of impact, it would have to jump over ten dollars a bit a Dogecoin. I don't think that's going to happen. Um, maybe, maybe it, I, it's just it's not like Bitcoin. It's it's I don't know. The fact that it's doing this is pretty impressive. But uh, think positive thoughts. Right, it, it's cool being on the um that side of uh of something like this, you know, because you, you always hear people like, oh, I wish I I'd invested. It's like, hey, I did. Um, yeah. I wish I invested a little more, but I, you know, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't know what I was getting into. My friend was just like, hey, you know, buy what it's you can. And I was like, well, I can afford to like, because he's like, basically, buy what you're willing to lose. Like, if you if you were to just like suddenly lose this much cash, what's the most you'd be willing to be like? Oh well, 
you know, and I'm like, okay, that seems safe. It's a bet. It's a bet. It's a betting game. Yes, it's not. It's not quite the same as putting a couple of bucks on the Super Bowl because that's the one time this fluctuates, obviously. But yeah, if you put a, if you put a big wedge down to start with, hey, it might go up. But if you don't play your cards right, it could very the bottom could fall out and you lose everything. So it's which it's, yeah, it's, which it's a game when it was two cents a piece. though, like you could you could I probably could have put a little more and still been like yeah, you know, I spend that much money on like stupid like energy drinks or something, you know, but. Um, but nevertheless, I'm still pretty happy with the amount I, I did. Uh, I invested a little bit more, so I have just over 600 Dogecoin. So keep on Doge climbing, coin. Doge. Yep. Sponsor us, by the way, and we'll and let's get booked to a million and me too, if you wouldn't mind. So, um, yep. well, for those fine. new to the show, that's what John does in his recreational time. Um, yep. But on the bam, yep. in our recreational time, we watch films and then we get together once a week to talk about the the one the most major release, usually or the most interesting release of the week in a non-spoiler fashion. So all of our uh, reviews of the main discussion here are non-spoiler and we uh, give our thoughts and opinion on it. So this week we have uh, picked Tom Clancy's Without Remorse to discuss this week. It's directed by Stefano Solima, who I think did one of the Sicario films, um, written by Taylor Sheridan and Will Staples. And it stars Michael B. Jordan, Jodie Turner-Smith, Jamie Bell and Guy Pearce. IMDb says uh, John Clark, a Navy SEAL, goes on a path to avenge his wife's murder only to find himself inside of a larger conspiracy. Now, what do the critics say? Rotten Tomatoes aggregate says 44% for the critic score. Metacritic are giving it 42. And the IMDb user score, 5.7 out of 10. And internationally, this film has been made available on Amazon Prime. So um, Tom Clancy action film without remorse with Michael B. Jordan. And it. it's got a, got a pretty solid cast, Jamie Bell, Guy Pierce for the most part, you know, you're going to get with those two. Michael B. Jordan is very quickly climbing the ranks for me. as one of the better actors out there. I'm always interested in what Michael B. Jordan wants to do. Obviously uh, as Killmonger, he was one of the best villains in the MCU and recently in Creed. He's great in those films, and of course, he's been in a plethora of other films. But mm-hmm. so now he's decided to go for more out and out action, straight up action film. And obviously, in terms of Tom Clancy, you, you know what you're going to get. And I think it's a coming to America episode where I said this may be one of the shorter reviews I give, and this may be one as well because Without Remorse is very much a film you've seen many times before. It, it, there is n- nothing in this film that stood out to me as being anything you know, original. It is, you know, you could take this plot and ca- set of characters and drop it in another film with a different name. Uh, y- y- and there's nothing, there's nothing there. You know, nothing changes to me. It's, it's not to say it's a, a bad film. It, it's one of those films to me where it's, it's nothing like offensively bad about this film. It's just, I just found it dull to be honest. Uh, action films, sometimes do this to me where if it is just your kind of stock um, plot, then let your one note kind of plot, then I kind of lose interest. And this is one of them. Michael B. Jordan is very good. He's charismatic in his role. Everybody's fine in it. It's just everything around them, like the story, like the revenge plot, the dialogue is just awful. I, I really think the dialogue is not great at all. The, the action's fine. Like the choreogra- choreography is it's pretty decent, but you know, it's a bit dark as well. They've really gone for that gritty aesthetic to the point where mm. everything is a bit too 
dark for me, but it's, I don't know, it's not really my, honestly, it feels, it just feels like a film made by committee. Let's make a stock action film, set it in Syria. Uh, let's give Michael B. Jordan the lead so, get to, so people can come and watch it. And then the rest can just be everything you've seen in every other film, which is like this. And it, it, you can obviously, you can levy the answer back with that. Oh, so lots of other films are similar to other films in their genre, but this just feels mm-hmm. uninspired to me. And I really, really wanted to like it because I really liked Michael B. Jordan. He's fine in it. Tom Clancy films sometimes, well, I'm not always the biggest fan of his films because they can sometimes all feel a bit, a bit samey, but I don't know. This, this feels like a throwback action film in, and not always in the best way to me. It feels like a nineties action film, if anything, but I, I like some of the, some of the choreography and I like Michael B. Jordan. I think he's good. I really hope this doesn't turn into anything else. So other than that, I generally found it all a bit, all a bit ho-hum to be honest, dude. Um, is this where you say you think it's the best film we've seen all year? Uh, well, he- here's the thing. I don't think enough people are talking about. This is a reunion of Michael B. Jordan and Jamie Bell from the Fantastic Four reboot. Um, you know, I didn't even think about that. I, I, like, I'm watching this. I'm like, I'm pretty sure he was the thing. I'm fairly confident. And I had a look. I'm like, yeah, I was right. He was the thing. And, you know, that's not getting enough hype. We got the Mike- We got Michael B. Jordan. We need Kate Mara back in this and uh, get some Miles teller in here and we've got a fantastic four for the ages but here's my thing i'm watching this movie and there's a female soldier who i feel gets real bad under underdeveloped service uh she is clearly like she's supposed to be tough but it feels very superficial Mm -hmm. and early in the film i feel like they really make her like the damsel in distress almost i think she gets hurt during one of the raid sequences although i gotta be honest not only did the plot feel samey, a lot of the characters felt same. And mm-hmm. I'm just like, I don't know who's who are these soldiers like new, like, I don't get why they're being teamed up. I don't understand what's happening. It, it wasn't, it's not that it's a hard plot. It's just so vanilla. Yeah. It was hard yeah. to distinguish any kind of personality from most of the characters. That and vanilla is vanilla is the best way to put it. It's, it's just for a film, which really should be a bit more, exciting or feel like the stakes uh are there feel, feels like there should be some weight to this it's just it just doesn't fill me with any kind of excitement watching it never at any point was i like never did my pulse quicken other than maybe when michael b jordan gets his muscles out but other than that it's just it's well, just so so down the middle the female soldier is uh i'm i'm looking at her and i'm like she's she's so like emotionless like her there are scenes where she's supposed to be giving these like very serious information to him Mm -hmm. at one point she's like i'll probably go to jail for this and she says every line monotone (laughs) distant and i'm like man this actress is not very good and then i look and it's jody turner smith who i really liked in queen and slim Mm -hmm. and i'm baffled that it's the same person then i started thinking and i'm like you know what when you think about it in, in queen and slim she's traumatized because of what she witnessed and she is very cut off and emotionless and she's also acting alongside another terrific actor daniel kalua and so you gotta wonder if maybe she just isn't that good of an actress and it came off that way in queen and slim because of the context of the character mm-hmm. we're here she still could be a little haunted, but she's also like, there's a part where she's in a pretty big fight. I'm not going to get into details. So it's not technically a spoiler, 
And I think we're supposed to be impressed, but it doesn't come off that way. Like I, everything just felt, you know, very bland. I didn't recognize Guy Pierce for like most of the movie. Mm-hmm. And it clicked to me later. I'm like, Oh wow. Okay. And then what a waste of Coleman Domingo as like just this ancillary character. He's such a good actor. I tend to really like him and I liked mm-hmm. him in this. Uh, he's just barely in it. And I'm like, Oh, you got him. And like, you gave him three lines. Um, I, I am also big Michael Michael B. Jordan fan. Um, I also like Michael Jordan, but Michael B. Jordan, uh, big fan. Um, you know, I've seen, I, I think, most of his movies at this point. Um, there's probably a few, like, miscellaneous things. Like, I haven't watched four, four, uh, Fahrenheit 451 or uh, That Awkward Moment with Zac Efron, um, also oh, with Miles Teller. He's worked one. with Miles Teller a lot. It's funny, though. When, when, you, when you bring it up, it's these little connections, which I... I didn't make really thinking about. It. I didn't even make the um the Jamie Bill one until you mentioned it. But yeah, he has worked with Miles Teller on a few films as well. Yeah. Um, but uh and apparently he was in the Keanu Reeves coaching Little League baseball movies. I'm guessing he's like a, a one of the kids on the team, um, which I've never seen. But other than that, I've seen most of his movies and I like you know, I, I like him in all of them. Um even the like Fantastic Four, I, I didn't dislike him as Torch. I thought the movie was terrible. Yeah. Um, but big, you know, I love black Panther. I love Creed. I, I liked Chronicle when I saw it the first time. I don't feel like that movie holds up, especially when you, if you dive into like the writer and his kind of ego, um, Max Landis, uh, yeah, yeah, this movie, yeah, yeah, it's, it's definitely not the right title because I was full of remorse, um, pretty much at the end of the film. And, and like it's not even that long but it really did feel like it dragged uh for long stints and uh, also i we didn't mention um i forget his name hang on where is he where is he where is he i'm looking 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 um what man he's like buried down here the villain um oh there he is is that him yeah brett gelman who often does comedic roles uh is supposed to be this like like russian spy like leader and i I, for me i couldn't get past what i've seen him in before um like he has a really small spot in the other guys the will ferrell mark Wahlberg movie where he plays the husband of will ferrell's ex-girlfriend and he's like real silly and crazy like that's that's the guy i think of and so seeing him in this role i was like having a hard time getting past that um and I'm pretty sure he was on a Matthew Perry TV series where Matthew Perry was going to grief counseling. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was like the weird guy. So for me, again, that's like my own baggage of this, of this actor. And uh, I shouldn't, but I couldn't, I just saw that comedic guy. So it, it only, it only made it harder to take these really dramatic scenes seriously. And I don't know, like um, essentially they, they just, you know, they fridge Michael B. Jordan's family. If you're not familiar with the term fridge listener, it's it's from a Green Lantern comic book in the 90s where you, you have a bad guy kill the wife as motivation for the character to like be angry mm-hmm. and seek revenge. And that's that's what we get in this movie. That's like the whole plot is that, you know, he's he's a, a Navy SEAL. He's involved in something. There's retaliation. They kill his wife and then he wants revenge. And that's hence the name without remorse. He has no no more remorse because you took his only humanity away from him or whatever. It's like Matt said, this is a, it's, it's not even a spoiler. That is literally the, the whole setup of the movie. I'm not telling you, does he get his revenge? 
who knows? But um, <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's not. There's nothing here. Uh, I, I didn't. It didn't register that Sheridan is is credited as a writer um, until like while we, we were talking because he got a lot of buzz because of Hello High Water and Sicario, and then he got to direct Wind River, which I mm-hmm. I liked Wind River. I've um, uh, warmed to it. Uh, it's a pun for a cold film. I've warmed to it. Yep. The more I think about it, I wasn't so hot on it when I first saw it. And then uh, he is credited as the Sicario day of the Soldado writer, which is not good, which is who directed this movie is the same director f- for that. Thought so. uh, and Sicario is amazing. Day of first Soldado. One. Not so much. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if Sheridan wrote the script or if he did a uh, touch up on it. Cause Will Staples is also credited and he doesn't have a lot of other writing credits. Um, he only has one other writing credit. So I'm thinking maybe he wrote it and then Sheridan did like touch up on it or something. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Um, yeah. Yeah. Cause this like Sheridan got, he got a lot of heat real fast and then he seems to have cooled down after wind river. Like it doesn't seem like people are, and then Soldado did really bad. Um, and so it's possible he wrote this too, but I, I feel like it's, it didn't have, I don't know. I didn't get into it. I, I like all those other movies except for day of Soldado, but, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I don't know. No, there's like you said, we probably shouldn't belabor this. There's not much to say about this. We're, movie. we're trying, aren't we? We're really trying here. I, um, um, yeah, yeah, well, I, I am. I'm like, is, I got something. I've got you to know? just boot your point on the runtime. It's, it's it's an hour and fifty minutes. It is to me that was it felt like a long film. Yeah, it did. It, <laughs> it felt real long. Um, and I I don't dislike Jamie Bell. Uh, no? uh, there's a couple of movies I've liked him in. I really liked him in Rocket Man, and I, I love. He's got a small part, small but important part in Snowpiercer. Really liked him there, and Spielberg's Adventures of Tintin. I like that movie. Um, and that's kind of what I remember him in, at least. Uh, but obviously, you know, he's most remembered for Fantastic Four and the excellent Billy Elliot as well. Billy Elliot was where he broke out. His, I um, that. That's his. That's his star making role when he was a kid, and then kind of gone on to do other film. He was in a film called six days, I think, which is another kind of like military film, not too dissimilar to this. And it's also boring. It's just stock. And I mean, Jamie Bell and Guy, P- I like Guy, I think Guy Pearce is a fabulous actor, but yeah. he sometimes finds himself in films that aren't, you know, befitting of maybe what he can be doing elsewhere. Jamie Bell is a good actor. This feels like a very Jamie Bell film to be in at the minute though. He, he I, I find he, I find that he, is in these kind of films far too often. Um, mm. What you say about Jodie Turner-Smith is correct as well. She, it's, got, it's a step down, and she seems to be, seems to be a step down from um, Slim. But I know Michael B. Jordan's fine, which we've tried to labour the point here. But if this is this is nothing here that's exciting or you know any to really grasp onto, we can't even say that Michael B. Jordan was so brilliant that he saved the film. It's not even that. No. It's just. It's just whatever basically this film is that's my professional review is whatever they try really hard to sell like the the espionage elements of this movie like there's attempts that we would call a twist but i think they're really superficial and uh they're twists for the sake of being twists they're not like creative or clever it's just like oh you didn't see this coming it's like no of course we didn't because there was no rhyme or reason for this to be the thing like you just decided to make this the thing all of a sudden that's like mm. you're not earning the the intrigue by doing that you're just like throwing curveballs because you're like aha now this it's like yeah i don't care though whatever you know fine yeah. it's it, it's kind of like a kid who's just like 
they aren't doing anything amazing, but they think they are. It's like, look, I spun. It's like, great. Especially when you're just trying to sit, especially when you've just sat down after a hard day and you've got a cup of tea or coffee and you're like, right, this is my time. Hey, look at this. What? Um, yeah. Excellent. Thanks. Exactly. You're like, thanks so much. We we all did it though. I'm sure. Achievement accomplished. There you go. Unlocked. Well, uh, it was an achievement getting through this dour film. So (laughs) well done to anyone else who did. If you liked it, do let us know though. But I think that our, our reaction there is pretty much, it was, it was a flop for us, this one. So let's very quickly move on without any remorse mm-hmm. to our next segment, which is called Chuffed Headlines. And it's our segment where we take a headline from movie or pop culture news that caught our attention for any number of reasons. And we introduce it to the other uh, co-host here. So, John, what have you gone for this week? I found um, a friend sent this to me initially, but I, I felt like it needed to be talked about. Marvel dropped this amazing video. Have you seen the video? Yeah, I have yet. Um, listeners, uh, we will have the link in the show notes. If you haven't seen the Marvel video, actually it's weird. Cause I found it like on a local news network in, in Philadelphia. So it's like ABC action news, but um, I'm sure you could just go to YouTube and find this, but I wanted an article to follow our headlines and uh, it's Marvel celebrating everything they've done so far and everything to come. And we get Stan Lee, like, voiceover, you know, really awesome. Like, just the speech he's giving is so amazing. And then with the visuals of all the MCU films, it's just, it's so well put together. Um, There were several moments where I got, like, teary-eyed or chills. And I think it's, like, a six-minute video or something. Mm -hmm. Um, And the first, like, three is just kind of recapping. And then when we get to that middle part of the video, we find out, a bunch of stuff about what's coming next for phase four of MCU, mm-hmm. which it looks like not counting the Disney plus stuff. We're getting about four movies a year now, yeah. which yes. is there's four this year, which wasn't supposed to be, we got an extra one because of COVID, but there's four slated for next year. And I think so far we know two or three for the coming uh, 2023 year with probably more to come would be my guess. Cause the, yeah. the last one that they show um, doesn't get a date. It just gets a, a, a barely a teaser, but man, I'm going to spoil it listeners. So if you haven't watched the video yet, pause this, go watch the video, click the link in the show notes, come back to this. Cause I'm going to talk about some of the stuff that we, we learned um, first uh, black Panther two. Yep. Uh, Wakanda to forever as the title. Awesome. I got chills like when I saw it. Yep. Um, the Marvels, which Captain Marvel two, Captain Marvel two, but they, the S at the end of Marvels is it's the Captain Marvel font until the S and then it's Miss Marvel, which is yep. going to be a, a Disney plus TV series. And as we know, the series are supposed to tie into the movies, as especially, that one. especially that especially one, especially that one. Um, so I'm, I'm pumped for that. And people are tying in, uh, I don't know if you've seen this, like from, it seems to be more of fan theory, but the, uh, I'm going to forget her name from uh, she's technically in Captain Marvel and then she's in WandaVision. Um, oh, Monica Rambo's character. Yes. That yeah. Rambo will be involved as well, which makes perfect sense. Um, yep. So excited for that. I didn't know that was the thing. Even um, we got to see our first glimpse of uh, the Eternals, which I got to see Kamel and I was very excited. What did you um, think of that, my friend? Because that's been getting uh, that was what a lot of people were look, especially after the Oscars and Chloe Zhao bossing it. People are excited to see what she could do with, in the Marvel universe, and it it felt Zhao esque to me. 
I, I agree, and I know very little about the Eternals, but I wasn't Same. expecting to see them as like people. So that excited me a little because I, I mm-hmm. thought we were just going to have like like CG characters the whole time, uh, which I thought would be weird for Zhao to enter in a film where there's like no human elements. Since yeah, she's I'm so sure good we will get that at some point, but yeah, but it, yes, I agree. I think we will have them in like some kind of super form, but it looks like they are in like a, I guess quote unquote human form. Um, and so I was I was into what I saw. Um, obviously, we get Black Widow. That's exciting. I am super pumped for Shang Chi. Like, yeah. I like a good martial art movie and this looks like a good martial art movie. And I don't know if I've been on record on this podcast, but I'm all in on Aquafina. I, I think yeah. she is tremendous and uh, she looks like she's going to be a fun side character. I think she's a terrific dramatic lead in the farewell. Mm-hmm. If you haven't seen it. Yep. That's what sold me on her as well. That film. But I, as a comedic sidekick, she's been great in crazy rich Asians. She was one of my favorite parts of uh, oceans eight and mm-hmm. I'm good. In I'm Raya as well. She looks hilarious in the trailers for this movie, so I'm I'm on board. Um, obviously, we're getting a new Spider-Man movie. Uh, it still feels too soon to me because I si- I feel like they're still filming it, so I don't know if they're going to be rushing that one to make it by December. Um, but then uh, Doctor Strange, we, these we don't see any trailers for. We just get title cards. But Doctor Strange, Thor, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, The Marvels. Uh, I'm very excited personally for Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantum Manium because I love Ant-Man and the Wasp. Mm-hmm. Guardians Volume Three, which I can't believe how far out that is, because it is there's the gap between Guardians Two and Three is massive. Um, but obviously, Gunn was added; he was fired and brought back in. So mm-hmm. I'm yeah. glad that it's happening the way it's happening. And then, lastly, the very last thing we see with the Marvel logos, we get the blue iconic number four, the four. very blurry, but very clearly the Fantastic Four logo. Yeah. Not just Phase Four; it's the Fantastic Four. And I am not a huge Fantastic Four fan. Uh, I didn't love the movies. I, I never really got into them in the comics. I read a few of their, mm-hmm. uh, the, the, I forgot what their family books were called in the, a few years ago, they had a run. Um, I cannot think it was like their whole group. Cause they have kids and all that now. I, I don't know what that was called, but um, I was reading those for a bit. It's like, I, I don't dislike the characters or anything like that. So I, I'm on board for the Fantastic Four in general, but I got chills when I saw it. And I knew it was coming. Like I knew we were going to get at some point a Fantastic Four reboot. But as a comic book person, you are very aware of the significance the Fantastic Four holds within that spectrum. Even mm-hmm. if you're not a fan of them, they are a prominent, important figure of Marvel. So seeing them finally brought into the MCU is exciting to me. And I, I'm, we're getting so much content. It is, it is maybe too much. But if they keep at the, this level of quality, um, I'm I'm not upset about it. No, um, that was as soon as you said, you know, potentially four films a year. I look back to my my IP, Star Wars, and people say, "Oh, is there Star Wars fatigue after one film a year?" I think, "What, well, Matt? Really?" And a TV show, but Marvel are out there pumping four four films a year. Um, and, and we're getting what like five tv series this year exactly so it's i'm not sure if it's down to fatigue or just down to quality I'm, now i'm not going to sit here and say that the mcu films are better than the star wars films that's an objection thing i mean certainly most are better than the last star wars film but um that that's going to play into it as well because the marvel films are always they're always pretty well received critically they're always you know 80 percent and higher in rt the fans seem to like it because they get what they want they I know this is cliche and people will be telling me off, but they don't always stray too far from a tried and tested 
Um, it, it is a formula, but it works. You know what you're going to get. Whereas other, if you do that and other and other IPs, you get something like the Last Jedi, which we loved, but other people didn't. And then suddenly everything's goes to pot, and then you get the Rise of Skywalker. Marvel haven't done that because they've kept things on a straight and narrow. And they know what the fans want, and they give it to them. And that's why I'm excited for things like Shang Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, like you say, got that martial arts flair, but it's going to have that MCU sheen on it, which is what I'm excited about. Um, same as, uh, same as, what was the other one we mentioned? Uh, Fantastic Four, obviously. The uh, the other films have been not very good, pretty much. I remember the the animated series as a kid. I remember watching that. I enjoyed that a lot. But to know they're going to be brought into the MCU, and I've got no reason to doubt. No reason to doubt the creative team at the MCU. So I've got every confidence that the Fantastic Four film will at least be better than the other offerings and will be pretty good. Everything Marvel have put out, whether I really like it or whether I think it's just a bit, mm, has always been good. I mean, there's nothing terrible in the MCU. Nothing as in, as in like, this is a real stinker. There are ups and downs, but there's nothing awful. So I've got no reason to look at that, any of those films and think, yep, not in, not going to look forward to any of those. Ant Man and the Wasp. I liked that film, so Quantumania, that should be good. I thought Captain Marvel was decent, so looking forward to how they yeah. tie up the TV and bring back Carol Danvers. I'm that's excited. Wakanda Forever. Sadly, a lot of the intrigue around that is, you know, what's the story going to be and how does it relate to T'Challa? But yeah. in a in a cinematic sense, the first film was excellent. So looking forward to how they follow up a great film and, and all the other Coogler's, films as well, dude. It'll be Coogler's first uh, sequel. Because he That's opted true. not to do Creed too, so it's, I'm excited to see what he does uh, to yeah. continue telling the story. We should hopefully get some kind of um, some kind of consistency in the storytelling and also the quality there. So yeah, there's nothing on that slate. Which there's a few like Black Widow. I'm still not particularly excited about Black Widow. It looks good, but that's but it looks. I said that about the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I, I walked it. I know what I'm going to get. It's going to be fine, and I enjoyed that a lot. I expect to watch Black Widow and. and enjoy it quite a lot but that's the one where i look at and think right i think i pretty much know what i'm going to get from black widow i think I, I, everything else yeah. is up in the air for me like thor love and, love and thunder i have no idea i've got no idea what tiger's going to give us there doctor strange in the multiverse of madness there's the key word well two madness and multiverse no idea obviously spider-man no way home is going to bleed into that as well eternals it's you know the, the zao effect how are they going to match her style with the MC? There's a lot to look forward to. The four films a year does scare me only because it feels like an undertaking. And, you know, I, I, I as someone who isn't an, an MCU stan, you know, I don't, I don't go uh, midnight on release day for them. I don't get as excited for them. I like them. I really do, but I don't get as excited. The idea of four films a year does seem quite imposing, well, but I think you- for the massive fans, this is exciting times. I got to say one thing I am I'm kind of optimistic for in a way is I think the fact that we don't know where this is going to go like we knew when Iron Man came out at the end of Iron Man we get the the hint of the Avengers right Yes we knew we were going to get a collaboration film there's no promise that these movies ever have to cross over again right like there's of no course, yeah. requirement we're not building towards another Avengers I'm sure people are expecting that or whatever um, but none of the, there's not a movie on the slate that says there has to be crossover. Will we have some crossover? Probably. Of course. Yeah. But I think that was a lot of complaints of some of the middle movies as they started feeling like fan servicey to 
those bigger movies, like to the collaboration, right? We were all like leaning towards like, when is Avengers going to get here? Mm-hmm. Um, and we don't have to have that. So these can all just be True. standalone movies. Like obviously there's going to be some bleed over with certain things. They're like we know Dr. Universe. Strange and Spider-Man. That's the one. But, they're the two that stick out to me. If any are going to cross over explicitly, it's those two. Right. Like we might see Bucky in, in black Pan- uh, Panther, or we might, um, the Eternals are, might inter might have something to do with the guardians or some kind of, because they're the cosmic power mm-hmm. outside of it. Um, and obviously Thor is supposed to be in guardians three. That's the only thing that was, uh, I think set from Endgame, right? Like mm-hmm. that we see Thor was like, yeah, I'm going to go off with these guys. They seem like they're fun. Exactly. So like, other than that though, we don't really know what to expect with these movies. Like these could be just like the TV series. Most of the time when you get a season one of a TV show, it's exactly that. It's season one. We're just getting started. But yeah. from what we understand, WandaVision was, that's it. That is it. No, it's a one and done. Same as Falcon. One and done. Right. Well, and to be fair, Falcon, we don't want to spoil Falcon and the Winter Soldier for the listener, but well, it ends in a way that says this is the end, right? Like yeah. this is the end of this particular mm-hmm. titled TV series. And wow. yeah, which I, honestly, if you're on social media, you've definitely had that spoiled by now, but nevertheless, <laughs> if you have um, well done. Yeah, because I don't know. I had it almost spoiled seconds before I even watched the show on the day it came out. But it's madness. Um, that's the thing with uh, these four movies. They they are all Marvel, but they don't necessarily have to be all Marvel. Where like you have to know all of them. I think what we're gonna see is it start to transition into more of like the comic books, where you don't have to read all of the comic books to have a sense of what's going on in the MCU universe. Yep. Um, but you are rewarded for doing so. Uh, I think that's what we're going to end up seeing it, especially with the TV shows. Like I think the shows are going to be, um, if you saw them, you will be on, you will be in on something that other people aren't. Mm-hmm. But I also think you can go see the movie and be okay with not seeing yeah. every single ounce of Marvel content. So, oh, for sure, yeah, it's it's the seasoning, isn't it, on your meal? If you with right. the, the TV shows, you can you can enjoy them for what they are. But there may be moments later on down the line when you're watching the film and think, "Oh, that's that character from this TV show." Great, I remember I, that. But if you haven't seen it, then you know. I so guess what it. I'm hoping for is that, like, we what we should remember is that all the comic books still exist. Like if you only read amazing Spider-Man, there's still all of the MCU books coming out and you're not complaining about, Oh, I can't believe there's so many books. You're just buying the Spider-Man book. Yep. So we can do that with the movies too, is what I'm saying. Like, I think with comic books, that's always been right. There's always been more than you're probably ever going to keep up with because there's just too many. Yes. Especially when they cross over star Wars, as far as the movies go, we got three movies within what five years, six years with mm-hmm. the original trilogy, uh, seventy-seven to eighty-three. So yeah, six years, seven years, yeah. and then nothing for you know almost twenty years mm-hmm. until ninety-nine, years, yeah. and then nothing for almost you know fifteen years, and then a movie a year for five years, and so I think there we weren't conditioned to have new Star Wars, right? Yeah, and. But with comic books, we've always had this. Yes, now there are movies, but even even if you were to look at just how much comic book movies since like Batman, since the Tim Burton Batman, mm-hmm. there has been a comic book movie frequently. Oh yeah, right. Like, and since like the initial Marvel selling all of their properties to all the different studios, we've had a a, a plethora of comic book movies for over twenty years now. 
So we're, we're still acting like this is a new phenomenon. Like this is a new genre. It's not, I mean, if you want to be technical, Superman 1979, the Richard Donner Superman started the, the superhero genre on the big screen, but we've had a lot of evolutions of it. We've already hit the parody of it. Like we're past parody at this point. This genre is established. Marvel is doing something that no one has ever done in this medium. Like it is, it is. And even now with the crossover medium, there's not a single thing to compare this to as, as huge as star Wars is. And yes, star Wars has all of the books, but even then the books were never considered a hundred percent Canon. They were just not back in the day. No. So, and now officially not, but, um, it's still not at the scale of what Marvel has done. Like think of all of the variations of the Marvel characters through whether you're talking the ultimate editions, the one-offs, the, you know, the, the different writers, the reboots. I mean, Marvel has been doing this forever Mm -hmm. and now we're seeing it on the screens. I guess don't let the number of movies dictate whether or not that means they're going to be good or bad. Cause again, they are, they are diversified. We're getting a lot of different directors they're not going to be for everybody. And that's the beauty of it. Marvel is allowing movies to be made for different demographics. They're not just going for the four quadrant film. They're not just going for the appeal, appeal to everybody demo. Certain movies are going to try to do that. I think the Spider-Man films are always going to appeal to everybody. Yeah. Oh no, of course. Yeah. And I think the point you mentioned is pertinent because we don't know where, what, okay, okay, excuse me, a massive pun, but we don't know what the end game is here. Are these building yeah. up to something in, the yes. end of phase six, maybe we don't need to know that in a minute. And that's, that, that's what excites me the most. I do find the number of films slightly intimidating for a year. Yeah. Wow. But because at the minute, as you say, they can just be taken as standalone. I feel like I can think, well, do you know what? If I don't watch black widow just yet, it's fine. I'll go and watch, yeah. uh, I'll go and watch this afterwards, but I'll go back to watch it. Um, of course there's going to be cameos here and there. It's all in the same yes. universe. It's all going to tie in, but it's exciting to know we, that, the unknown can sometimes be exciting and look, we could mm-hmm. in, in 2027, we might have like, the new end game coming out. Who does, well, it, we don't know. And that's exciting. Yeah. And you won't have to establish the crossovers because we're used to the crossovers now. Yeah, like, of course. Yeah. The first, the first three phases established all of that for us. Now you don't have to like, we get that they exist inside the same universe. We understand how the mechanics of the universe works. So you've, you've got the language built and now you don't have to replicate it in every single movie you are going to allow room to breathe and i think that's really important um yep. and we're we're forgetting too like because this is just the marvel slate morbius is supposed to be attached to this still because of the spider-man connection yep. they've delayed morbius again uh by another week i believe but that is still that's technically a fifth movie i think it is coming out in 2022 now but it is uh still right after all this other stuff so we still have more um, and we're getting Venom 2 this year also, which is not officially, but is oh, yeah. tangentially <laughs> um, connected. So because of the Spider-Man thing, which they have not officially connected Venom, uh, at least not Tom Hardy's Venom to Spider-Man yet, but it could happen. Well, so before before we thank Marvel too much, let's thank Fox, Sony and Warner Brothers for giving us the old X-Men films, the old Spider-Man films and the Nolan Batman films, which made comic book movies respectable again mm-hmm. it brought them into that zeitgeist that hey look these can be fun popcorn movies and also really good movies as well for the yep. most part so and then obviously marvel took that and went you know what i've got an idea feige said one day and then look where we are now so obviously it all starts way back with the donna ones but for me it's like that two from the 2000 onward and we're not done talking marvel 
We are not. That's it. I'm jumping straight into now, my friend. It is another Marvel headline. And this one is actually very recent. It's on the, uh, it's taken from the Josh Horowitz uh, podcast of his Happy, Sad, Confused, which is a really good podcast. I, I never mentioned it on the show at the end, but I do dip in and out of that show because Josh Horowitz is a very good host and he gets the, the, the big guests you want. Everyone you could ever want is on his show. And there's always like a very laid back vibe to it. And recently he had um, Andrew Garfield on, uh, you know him, Spider-Man back in the day. And yeah, yeah. he was asked about that. Josh Horowitz asked him about the validity of the rumours. You know, are you going to be in Spider-Man No Way Home? And man, Andrew Garfield did not hold back. I don't know if you've seen the video or not, but he, uh-huh. he does not hold back. He's just, he's he's like, look, I, I have a Twitter account, like a secret one, and I'm watching people's reactions about me being in this film. And I've got to tell you now, I am nowhere near this product. I haven't been called. I've got nothing to do with it. I'm not, and it, and it, but it wasn't like it, this felt like a man who was exasperated. He's like, I'm literally not in this film. To me, it felt extremely genuine that Andrew Garfield was saying, look, I haven't had the call. I'm not in it. I'm really sorry to disappoint every single person here, but I am, I'm not in it. Nobody's told me about this. I'm not there. Um, it didn't, to me, it didn't feel like a man who was an actor acting it didn't feel like he was kind of blowing smoke because he's hiding behind an nda it to me it generally felt like he had no idea you know he, he, he's got nothing to do it he's denying everything which comes as a bit if, if true comes as a bit of a bummer because uh, uh, i'm not overly but again uh, no way home i'm not ex- as excited about because i'm not a huge fan of the homecoming and far from home they're fine whereas i was excited for this film i was like doc Ock, you know uh, um green goblin they bring Jamie Foxx back, Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield are all going to be back together and everybody else is coming back. Okay, that excites me. The, the idea of all three Spider-Men doing the meme, standing there and pointing at each other. I was like, this, that is like gold moment in cinema. And it seems like we're not going to get that. But Tobey Maguire hasn't been confirmed. There's been lots of, you know, um, stunt coordinator pictures from being leaked that uh, would you know, correlate to Toby or Andrew being on set, but it seems like that's been rebuffed. So all we know at the minute is Jamie Foxx is in it and Alfred Molina's in it. I'm not sure if Will and the Fed actually been confirmed, but I know he's certainly expected to be in it. Um, but, and of course with those people, with, with those villains in people expected, well, they've got to have the protagonist of those series in, but according to this, according to Andrew Garford himself, who, who firmly, firmly denied, no, he said, said, I'm not in this new Spider-Man film. Sorry to disappoint you guys. But John, you hear you hear this. Does this at all disappoint you? No. Um, I I love Into the Spider-Verse. That's one of my favorite yeah. superhero movies, like, period. I, I absolutely adore what they did with that film. Um, and I was really mad to to see that maybe the worst lesson was taken from it. It's like, oh, more Spider-Man is the answer. It's like, no. That was a good movie. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean you need to replicate it on the on the big screen. Live action, and yeah. I was getting worried. And I'm now wondering if maybe that was all just smoke to keep us from what was really happening. Because it, it never felt like it made sense. I think we talked about this from the ending of Far From Home, how it would jump into like the multiverse. Like why all this of a sudden... My big question is like nothing at, at the end of that film made me think, ah, oh, yes, we're, Doc Ock's going to turn up next. And then Toby's coming as well, you know. They can now, they can explain that, but it feels a bit random. Now there is a precedent in Marvel to recast a character from Raimi Spider Man because JJ 
Yep. Or J. Jonah Jameson was was recast with J.K. Simmons. Uh, uh, not recast, but brought him back yep. to play a, a, a different version, mind you. He's playing the more updated kind of like podcaster J. Jonah Jameson that we've seen in like different the, universe. the Spider-Man games and stuff. Um, so, but yet, same guy. Well, like you brought him in. And really, I think everyone was in agreement. No one else could play him. No. Honestly, Molina was like a really good looking Doc Ock. Like he fit the comic idea to me. Like I was just like, wow, that's, that kind of looks like what I would expect Doc Ock to look like minus the bull Don't cut. Don't go any further. But <laughs> you know, oh no, I'm, but so cool that maybe that's all this is. Maybe it's like, I know they said it is the same, the same Raimi. There is given how he is taken care of in Spider-Man two. There's a there's some rhyme or reason you could justify for the, him like transporting into this other dimension, um, but I don't know. Maybe that's not it at all. Maybe that's just us speculating. I, I do yeah. think, I think that we've witnessed um, a shift with studios over responding to fan outcry and and desire, mm-hmm. and maybe this time we're seeing them play into that to distract from the reality so that when we, they get to the movie, it's not what they thought they were getting. Maybe um, dangerous. Cause there is something when you're telling a story, you generally don't want people to guess what it is beforehand. And you definitely don't want them to guess and then tell everybody and everyone go in knowing what it is because there's no element of surprise or intrigue. If everyone knows, right? Yeah, of course. So, so maybe we're seeing them play a political or like a PR campaign to like, throw us off the scent and Garfield was just like, cause it felt confirmed to me for a while that Garfield and McGuire had signed on to do this. And apparently according to Garfield, not only was it never confirmed, he was never even asked. Like it was never even in his awareness outside of what he saw the, the social media cycles say, and maybe we've been duped. Um, maybe by him, it is possible as you, obviously there's speculation that he's just throwing curveballs. Um, especially if, if any of the truth was, uh, cause there was, when Molina said what he said, uh, there was a lot of like Feige's pissed off jokes. I don't know if there was any truth to any of those jokes, mm-hmm. but there's a lot of that kind of stuff going around. Um, and let's be real. Uh, the whole Spider-Man character in the MCU, uh, because of Tom Holland has been so always with these spoilers, right? Like he's notorious for <laughs> Tom outing the information. Worst. Yep. And, um, they even made a joke about that with the name of this one, right? Like we, they had the, the pre release, like mocking oh, the, the different titles. They kept, kept jockeying. Yeah. 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 So like, I don't know, man, there's a lot of, there's more precedent for that, uh, being what they're doing to us. Right. Like there's that's, a lot with this, that's that true. they're throwing, they're throing smoke. It's true. I mean, God, so I, I, watching a video, it did generally seem like he was like, I'm please, I'm not in the film, but maybe, maybe five, had a word and said, look, you're doing that interview next week. Do not intimate in any way you're in this film. But yeah. if, if that was the case, then he's hamming up horrifically. You know what I mean? He's well, like really I, going too over the top. I'm also saying even like the stuff we got before, like all of it, all of this disinformation, who knows which one is, is accurate now. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Cause we were told it by a lot of sources that seem pretty good about getting this type of information that both Maguire and Garfield were likely to be in this movie. Mm-hmm. And here's Garfield saying complete opposite. Maybe he's being a hundred percent truthful, which means that initial stuff that seemed legit was all smoke or this is the smoke. You know what I'm saying? Like it could be either. And that's even better because now we have no way of blaming anybody. It all seems like it could be possible. 
Or they're going to call him tomorrow and say, right, we're still filming. We need you in, in, in two for two weeks in August. Can you come along? Yeah. Or, you know, just have other Parkers in suits because we can't tell who they are in a suit anyways. You know, who knows? Exactly. Um, so it's exciting. It's very, a very Marvel centric, uh, tough headlines there, but they have been taking all of the headlines this week. So, uh, let us know what you thought about our headlines. So now let's move on to our next segment, which is simply called media consumption. Uh, and we tell everyone about the movies, TV shows, video games, music, uh, podcasts that aren't ours, uh, comic books, whatever it may be that we've used to pass time since our last episode. So John, what have you been checking out, man? So as per usual, uh, blank check podcast, they did a, they just finished the, uh, Elaine May series and they decided to do a one-off. Mm-hmm. A lot of times they would do what they call a Ben's choice. Ben is the producer and they'll do like a favorite movie of his, his movie tastes are a little more, um, eclectic i guess you could say like there there are some odd uh like fletch was an episode they did a while back um but this time was a coincidence they ended up doing a film that's only uh, the director's only done one film and it's joseph gordon levitt's don john oh yeah yeah yeah. i had not seen that um i also watched that uh in preparation to listen to the episode it's a it's a very jersey shore influenced movie um scar joe's in it as you mentioned julianne moore uh tony Tony Danza. danza yeah um, a couple of cameos, uh, Channing Tatum and Anne Hathaway are, uh, performing in a fake rom-com, uh, for like 30 seconds in this movie. And Pretty on awesome. a movie poster is John Krasinski. Um, so like there's some weird like cameos, uh, in this movie. Um, it's not horrible. It's definitely not good either, but, uh, and, uh, what the blank check guys point out too, is that, um, uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt is maybe he's too smart to play the character he's trying to play. Like we can't fully believe that he is this guy. And I can't disagree with that. Um, movie wise, I watched Don John, like I said, uh, also for blank check, I watched star Trek six. So I have now watched all of the original series movies. Um, star Trek six is quite good. I like six. Uh, I think it's the undiscovered country. Um, Christopher Plummer plays a Klingon in that one. Nice. Uh, very, a Shakespeare quoting Klingon at that. Um, so kind of odd, but good. Um, w- uh, watched your name for movie club podcast, a great Ooh, anime film from that? 2016. Oh man, it's super good. Uh, we did watch the dub version because that's, I had bought the dub version without realizing that that was an option. Um, I thought it would have both and it. It only had one, um, but really, really good movie. I enjoyed it very much. Uh, Watched uh, a screener for a film I can't give any comment on, but called High Ground. From uh, technically, it's a 2020 film, but it's getting a, a VOD release next week, so my review will be out for that. Um, and then uh, a couple of 63 movies I checked off the list: The Great Escape, yeah, yes, and Come Blow Your Horn, which was the first Frank Sinatra film I've ever seen. Because um, I've not seen the original. That surprises Ocean. me. That surprises me. I, you know, I I don't know what else he's in. Uh, I've seen a lot of Jerry Lewis stuff because my grandparents were big Jerry Lewis fans and also used to um, host our local uh, Jerry Lewis telethon, like phone mm-hmm. banks uh, when I was like really young. And so I was very familiar with him, but and he, he more p- paired with Dean Martin though. Um, but I've never seen like the original oceans 11. Uh, and the Maturian candidate way back when, I think the oh, year before. Okay. I lied. Totally saw before. Maturian candidate. Yeah, and then just like, and then just like a load of other, films of the time but um i thought i thought about that and high society way back then as well jesus um grace kelly film i thought i thought you would have seen at least one guys and dolls nope haven't seen that 
God, um, no. It's on my list. Uh, I have seen Manchurian Candidate though because we watched that from Movie Club. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. I forgot he was in it. Uh, yes, he was. Yeah, he alongside uh, Angela Lansbury. Yeah, Angela Lansbury. Yeah. Um, I like that movie. Uh, I like Come Blow Your Horn, though. It's quite funny. Um, maybe it's my first Sinatra comedy, because Manchurian Candidate is pretty dour, right? Like, that's yeah. not a oh, yeah. not a happy movie. Um, film. Great Escape. Uh, I had no idea it was, like, a World War II movie, like, going into it. Like, I, always just, I just associated it as a prison break movie. I didn't mm-hmm. realize it was, like, Nazi prison break movie. So, uh, as in a Nazi prison with uh, European soldiers breaking out of it. Um, a little long for my taste, to be mm-hmm. honest. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we'll talk more about that on an upcoming astrology. So here's the the last two things. Um, and I want to spend just a minute on this one. I loved the Mighty Ducks movies when I was a kid. Same. Okay. Have you watched the show yet? No, but my brother has, and he said it's great. So I've watched the first three episodes. It is fantastic. Uh, one, I don't know what happened to Emilio Estevez, might be the best acting he's ever done like i don't even think i'm exaggerating wow he's in a zone like he is feeling this character and he's not playing the exact like he's playing gordon bombay from the original trilogy that's not like he's a different but he's not playing it the same way like at this point in his life things have changed so he's playing this kind of somewhat cynical little bitter but also there's love there there's like clear like he's trying to hide his passion and it's just this great energy totally vibing with that um i am a big fan of gilmore girls i watched all of them last summer you did and i am gonna forget her name but the mom from the gilmore girls is the is the lead here um and so she's great he's great i don't know why i can't think of her name i like i totally know what her name is but it's not coming to me but the thing that i was not ready for uh good boys not jacob tremblay and not the other kid but the other one, but the other one, um, is the, lead. the name. He's the lead kid. He's the Charlie of this franchise. I liked him in good boys. I thought he was, maybe his acting felt a little like scripted. Like you could kind of tell he was like reading the, the lines or whatever. He's, he's gotten better. And this show is generally funny. I laughed so hard in the first episode. I, I can't sell mighty ducks game changers enough. It is fantastic. Disney Plus, uh, the only thing Disney Plus did wrong was they dropped it, I think, the same week that Falcon Winter Soldier dropped. So it got buried. Like, no one mm-hmm. was talking about this show. I heard, um, I don't even remember what podcast. I, someone brought up that they list, they watched it, and it was really good. It was on a, a Slash Film. Um, one of the guests from last week's episode said that it was great and people need to watch it. I was like, you know what? I've been meaning to. I'm going to throw it on. I was hooked immediately. I was just, like, having such a blast. Three episodes in. I, I don't know how many there are. I haven't had a chance to watch the fourth one yet, but I'm definitely going back to it. It is, if you like the the old ones, or if you like sports comedy movies, this is up your alley. It is geared for kids for sure, but there's enough here, especially. Um, I think what they did great too is there is definitely reference to the backstory, but up three episodes in, there's been nothing you have to have seen of the old movies to be able to jump into the series. Um, I don't know if there's going to be something like for us later, like if reward for having seen the movies, but you could definitely just jump into this. Like your kids don't have to watch three movies before they can watch the series. They could start here and they will, they will maybe be uh, intrigued. Like, wait, this guy coached a team and there's a movie about that team. Cool. I want to see that, but you don't need to see that to like get 
what's happening on the show. So that's handy. Yeah, definitely. Uh, it's a great entry point. I, I totally recommend it. And if you do like it, all the Mighty Ducks movies are, are on Disney Plus anyway. So like they're right there for you. So, um, but then the one series uh, we we watched the finale for Falcon Winter Soldier a couple weeks ago, and now we watched the finale for Invincible on Amazon Prime. What a great animated God series! Damn. Uh, I, I desperately want to read the comics. Apparently they are not easy to get for like cheap. Like you can buy a compendium of the graphic novel, but it's still like 30 or 40 bucks. Cause it's just like, it's a bunch of issues, but I'm just like, I don't really want to drop $40, but I also yeah. really want to read the comic now. So I, I'm kind of torn. I'm probably going to buy in the stupid book, but uh, I love this, the series so far. I love what they allude to coming um, and how they might break up the story in the, in the coming seasons. Um, I just, I had such a blast watching the show. Uh, and I, man, I know I'm glad I, I, I didn't just listen to you cause a lot of, uh, podcasts were talking about it. Um, but I, I, I feel like I'm watching a lot more TV all of a sudden and I, I'm not upset about it. I, I've had a lot yeah. of fun watching some of these series and invincible. Great. Yeah. I, you know, my stance on series, it took a, a lot of coercion despite the fact that it's clear that there's so much quality in streaming or television series nowadays that it's off the chart. Um, and Invincible was one I was told to watch because I'd said I liked the boys and I was digging one division and that. So Invincible is so, so good. Everything that I've said about it in the weeks leading up to JB watching it and then John watching it and digging it. What a hell of, what a finale. What a way to go out. And it's, I, it really has set up the next season so well. I haven't read the comics. I am going to try and go in as blind as possible uh, as I have renewed it for seasons two and three. So we know we're getting at least two more seasons. That mm-hmm. excites me because this is a great show. If you're not tuned into Invincible and and you like the and you like the animated superhero stuff or comic book stuff, Invincible will be. I think you're really going to like it. And it, and even if you don't, because alongside things like your name and anime the the old uh especially the dc animated stuff of old is very much on my what need to watch list because i know some of those uh film animated movies like beloved and some brilliant stories out there and i really would like to start tapping into some soon and um invincible is definitely one which i think people should check out that is it's handled so well you really really start to engage and get connected with the characters which i when 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 it first started i remember thinking i wonder what you know where is this going to go well we want a way to start where are we going with this and it's gone in a few ways and i'm really really enjoying it but i am also very glad that um when you jumped onto it you too enjoyed it man yep it's definitely something people should check out do know it is very violent so uh if you're uh, adverse to violence even animated violence it's there's going to be a lot of blood and a lot of uh, crazy stuff that you'll see on screen, but yeah, do not other watch than that, it with your kids. Yeah. And, and there's a lot of bad language too. Uh, I don't believe any nudity though. So that's no there. No, no, there's no nudity. So it is just, uh, it's just uh, language and visual gore and violence. And there's a lot of it, but um, yeah, I'm really glad because as you say, as we've said on other shows, sorry, that there's always that fear when you recommend something. If the other person thinks it's rubbish, that you, you're like, oh, I really hope John liked that. And I'm so glad he did, dude. So I am going to go reciprocate though and watch the Mighty Ducks. My brother's been banging on about it for weeks. And I, and you know, I love ice hockey anyway. And I really enjoyed the Mighty Ducks films. Well, certainly the first mm-hmm. one. Um, so I'm looking forward to diving back into this. For me, 
Uh, very quiet one this week. Uh, Invincible, as I mentioned. I watched Event Horizon. We're covering it on NPM this week. Uh, the old uh, Paul W.S. Anderson. I've got to make sure I get the right one, this one. I always go for Paul Thomas Anderson. Paul W.S. Anderson, Sam Neill, sci-fi flick from the late 90s. Um, it came out of a randomly generated list of films. So I watched that and yeah, I, I don't mind Event Horizon. Never, I never did mind Event Horizon. It's not a sci-fi masterpiece by any means. Nope. Um, but... I'm not one of the ones who jumps on board and really doesn't like it. I think it's okay. It's, there's, there's bits in it. There's some like vi- horrifying visual bits in there. Yeah. And Sam Neill's good. Um, and the story can leave a bit to be desired, but I don't mm-hmm. mind it. But uh, I'm guessing you're, you're like not the biggest fan. No, I watched it for the first time. Like, I don't remember. I feel like within the last year, I think I watched mm. it during the pandemic. Um, I did not like the ending. If I remember correctly, there was something I was just like, that's stupid. Um, but I didn't hate it, uh, but definitely I'm leaning more that direction than, than the other. Because there are some people who really defend that movie. There uh, are. That's not me. No. Oh, no, yeah, I, I wouldn't ever sit here and say, look, this is, this is a sci-fi film for the ages. But, you know, it ticks and boxes to me. And, you know, I, I went back to rewatch it and didn't dislike rewatching it. So, for me, that's a bit of a win. And yeah. uh, Star Wars Day has come and gone. And Disney Plus, as we knew, dropped The Bad Batch. The first episode of The Bad Batch, the new animated series from Star Wars, follows the defective Clone Force 99 as they f- strive to find their way in a galaxy after Order 66, after the event of Revenge of the Sith. 75-minute um, long premiere episode, and I liked it. I thought it was okay. It didn't blow me away, but I thought it was a solid opener. It What it, what it did do, though, was it, it felt like a, a big old exposition dump. Not, it, it was handled very well, actually. It, didn't, it wasn't boring, but... If you had, it was, you know, the writers clearly thought, well, hold on, not everyone has seen the Clone Wars. So we're going to have to go back and kind of, uh, we're going to have to reference that a little bit. We're going to have to reintroduce the Bad Batch characters again. They do it really quite well, actually. But for for, for me, who's watching it thinking, oh, I already know this, you know, let's, let's get going. Let's go, let's go, let's go. It took, it took a little while for it to get going. And it is a slow episode. It's setting up some intriguing plot lines going forward, introducing some new characters. And it, it was, it is going to be fun to see what happens to those millions of clones, you know, after the prequel trilogy, because popular to contrary belief, the stormtroopers in the OT, they ain't clones. They're humans. So the, what, what happened to the clones? Where do they go? We, I think we're going to find out. But uh, so I enjoyed the bad batch. I thought it was pretty good. Uh, my co-host Lukey Boy was slightly more up on it than I am, but I'm. What it did do is make me excited for what's to come. Now I know that most of the, you know, the exposition is out of the way. Going forward, it's all going to be like new. That excites me. But um, are you at all interested in checking out the Bad Batch, man? Well, I, you mentioned uh, people not seeing the Clone Wars. That is, I am one of those people. I've never got. I've tried a couple times to get into it. I just, I just feel like it's so. I don't know. So I don't love the art style. And then it's just, it's kind of overwhelming to me. Like there's so much expanded universe built into yeah. it. Um, I'm familiar with a lot of the characters cause I did play star Wars galaxy of heroes for like ever, like for several years. Um, so I had a lot of the characters and I like, I read enough to like get a gist of who they were. Um, but uh, I didn't, I didn't know you're saying defective. I'm taking that like their programming didn't work. Yeah, that's why they're the bad batch. That's right. They are, they, you know, clones are bred to follow orders, but they also have their own autonomy to a point, except in revenge of the Sith, when execute order 66 is uttered and they, and there's a chip in their brain, which 
makes them turn on the Jedi and slaughter them. Or it's not a spoiler, it's in Revenge of the Sith. Um, yeah. Oh, sorry, my Alexa just started talking to me. Right, Cancel. it does it. Um, yeah. Uh, so they didn't have that chip. They didn't have that. It's, it's talking <laughs> about Star Wars. Alexa, cancel. Yeah, they they didn't have that chip, so they just they just have um, a unique set of skills each. They're all a stereotype. They're all a they all play very much to their stereotype. There's the big brutal one. There's the sniper. There's the kind of Rambo leader. There's the, the techie one. He's literally called Tech. Um, ah. So they've all got a purpose to play, but um, but they're fine. So I I would say that if you haven't seen the Clone Wars, you'll very easily be able to slip into this. It's not you know it's nothing particularly new it sort of leads off it kind of starts around the time of revenge of the sith or the end of that and then very quickly moves on to its own thing so you could easily get into it but um it's i'd say it's worth a go but i mean I, what i would say is i if you haven't seen it yet and you're not overly ex- interested in it give it three or four weeks maybe and then watch it yeah. so you've got a couple to because if it's the first one you see it may not excite you to watch more so if you know that there's a couple more to binge then maybe that might be the best thing to do and I know you probably can't say much. Have you only seen this one, or did you get advanced? Uh... No, we've only seen this one. But the next one does come out uh, the day after this show. So they dropped one on oh. Tuesday, and then for May the fourth for Star Wars Day, and then they going back to their usual release day of Friday. So it's two gotcha. this week, and then it's uh, Friday. Disney are notoriously very, very, very tight about who they send anything to like, in terms of like big IP screeners. So unless you Do we are know, um... big boys. How many episodes this is going to be? I thought it was eight to ten, but apparently it's sixteen. Oh wow! Yeah, Clone Wars used to be about twenty-two to twenty-four. The, yeah, more traditional though. That yeah. was a, like this is that was on the network at one point. And it was so this the is, Cartoon Network at one point. Yeah, and this uh, is breaking a uh, streaming structure. Most streaming, especially all of Disney Plus stuff, has been uh, no more than ten. I don't think right. Well, even the Clone Wars season seven was only, but that was only twelve episodes. But they were three. It was three arcs of four. So it was 12 episodes, but it was, you know, it was arced, which is what the Clone Wars is, arcs, but um, 16 episodes, and it is a multi-series as well. So it's not a one and done. It's it's, it's season one is 16 episodes. I just assume because of the budget, because these things are very expensive to make that. And also, like you say, the, just, just how streaming works now, I assumed eight to 10 episodes for season one, but apparently it's 16 and that's, as, as confirmed as i can get it so uh but it, I'm, I'm just hoping by kind of episode four five or six it's like it's really kicked into gear and it's like right this is you know this, this is going to be my engaging viewing for the next 16 weeks i'm going to watch it anyway but i don't want to have to watch it uh, out of necessity i want to watch it because i want to watch it yeah um i i'm i'm interested i'm definitely going to finish mighty ducks before i jump into another series though so mm-hmm. I, yeah, I did not look to see how many episodes Mighty Ducks was, so it might be uh, six. I in my head it's six, but that doesn't <laughs> sound right, so I don't know. Yeah, well then, what finish that and then head on over to the Bad Batch because then you may have five or six to get into, and then you can maybe gauge an opinion on from there. But um, that's all the media that we've consumpted in the last week. So now we're going to move on to the segment which we always end off with, and this is the bloody awesome movie podcast and. You know, we wake up every morning, you know, at a fairly kind of bloody awesome level. But it's hard to remain at that level. To be consistently bloody awesome, we have to do uh, varied things during the week in order to maintain those levels. So, John, what have you done this week to stay bloody awesome? Well, before I tell you, I want to—I do want to put this out there to the listener. 
I was sitting trying to think of what to say this week. And I don't want to just keep repeating like health or like exercise because we've done that one a bit. Um, and I often forget this is so dramatic um, that our uh, our lives are more interesting to other people than they are to ourselves. Because I totally, when I was talking about the Dogecoin, I was like, that should have been my saying bloody awesome. What was I thinking? Never yeah. even crossed my mind uh, to have that. And there it is. Because in my head, it's like, yeah, but I've been watching it slowly tick up for months. But I've not talked about it once. Would have been a perfect bloody awesome. Instead, I'm going to talk about something else I don't talk about much on the show, which is I am a yearbook advisor for the high school that I teach at. Yes. Um, I teach film for five periods, but my sixth class is uh, journalism. And that is basically just a big word for yearbook. And, <laughs> Delegation. Um, I've, I've, I am one of the longest running uh, yearbook advisors that I know of, um, at least within the company that I, I have produced my yearbook. Um, mm-hmm. I, the first year I joined that company, which was like four years ago, I got an award and I was uh, like, there was a bunch of like year one. It was like, you know, 50 people got like a little certificate, like, Hey, good for you. And then it was like year two. And it was like, yeah, 15 people. And then it was like year six, me. And then like year eight was like one other person that we were, we were the last two. Um, I've now, I've been doing this for almost 10 years. I've, I've been making yearbooks with, uh, with students. Most people don't do this. Most people don't have a degree in journalism who end up teaching that class either. A lot of times it's the English teacher who was too, too new to say no. And they get stuck with it. This is actually something I went to school to do, which is, you know, find information, organize it into a, a layout and then publish it. So it's a natural fit for me. And, uh, of all the years that I've done it, this was the hardest because it's a pandemic year. School has not looked like school in any kind of consistent way since March of 2020. Um, and so we cover the, the school year from the summer, basically, until March of 2021. Um, half of my staff was never on campus. Um, of those half, about half of that had never been in a yearbook class before. I had a lot of freshmen this year. Um, so I was trying to teach them how to use software that you know they had no experience on. Uh, no comfort level in a Zoom call. They don't know their peers. This is a very collaborative class. You need to be able to communicate and work together. Um, and so there was a lot of obstacles in front of us. And then, of course, with all of what I just said, the yearbook is supposed to be full of students doing stuff at school. Half of the stuff that they would normally do was canceled or altered in some way. Mm-hmm. Half the students weren't on campus all year. So half of the students aren't in the yearbook because how could they be? Uh, so all these obstacles... Um, we still put out what looks like a pretty solid yearbook. It, it's it's very well designed. Uh, we're definitely missing a lot of people, and that's a shame. Um, we were able to capture the kind of feeling of the year, though. We have we have a whole spread on like different masks and things like that to kind of we, we can't shy away from the reality um, that it's a pandemic, and uh, it's the first one. It hopefully will be the only one that has to cover a pandemic that I ever have to work with, at least. Yeah, I um, certainly hope so. And, uh, you know, it was, it was stressful, but we still made it on our deadline and it arrived this week. Uh, our, the physical books came in, which I had not anticipated. Um, I actually wasn't expecting them until next week. Uh, because we, I think this is the first time with this company, at least where we were late on our deadline by at mm-hmm. least a couple of days, uh, because we just couldn't get like these final images or this final page done. Um, but apparently so were like all the other schools. So we were still early by comparison. So that made me feel a little better because I don't like being uh, late on stuff like that. But 
Um, so yeah, uh, first, hopefully only pandemic yearbook is out. Um, if you are a, one of my students, whether my direct student or a student at the school that I work with, um, and you want to get a yearbook, come find me. We will gladly sell you one. Um, what about you, Matt? How are you saying bloody awesome? Uh, I wish I was in one of your yearbooks because I always sound and look pretty damn good. Um, how have I been staying bloody awesome by doing something which I really should have had John Burke on board with? Um, as uh, I guess, you know, I uh, co-host a Star Wars podcast. Pretty good, actually. But uh, we were challenged. We were challenged, you see, by a couple of Trekkies, a couple of Trekheads. They said, listen, we know there's beef between the Trek and Wars for years. Mm-hmm. We want to we wanna finally settle which is the best franchise. So we said, okay, we'll come on, you know, thinking they're going to answer the Trek questions. We're going to answer the Star Wars questions. How wrong were we when we we were told to before that? Yep, this is a we're going to be answering the Star Trek questions from somebody who has never seen a Star Trek apart from like the the original motion picture film, I think. Uh, and my co-host has watched even less Star Trek, so we spent two hours in a Star Trek quiz, and it was uh, it was uh, it, it was a great fun, good laugh, very very fun, and we are going to do another one. But goddamn. What it, what I did get from it was Star Wars is very much uh, is in the common vernacular a lot more than Star Trek is because the people we are against claim to know nothing about Star Wars but knew who Jedi Master Sifo Dyas was, the guy who commissioned the clone art time troopers in Attack of the Clones, which is fairly oh. deep dive for uh, a casual fan, if you will, or a non-casual fan. So... um However, spoiler, we did win, even though we pretty much got helped on every single answer apart from maybe one or two, which I got off my own back. We did win by half a point. So uh, Star Star Wars is officially the greatest IP in the star genre. Oh. So, uh, yeah, I could have done with John Burke to answer some of those questions. Uh, John, what is the name of the machine which makes the food or gives the people their food in Star Wars, Star Trek? I feel like I actually do know, but it is not coming to me. Um, I don't think they spent a lot of time with that on the movies, though. Mm-hmm. And I am only a few episodes into the original series. So gotcha. uh, okay. I feel like I, I, I have that that out. It was, oh, oh. Um, oh Christ. I think it's like a re- replicator. Like that. ah, that's, yes, you are correct. I that's did it. know that. I had um, no idea. I think we called it like a food maker. Um what about okay? What speed do they travel in in Star Trek, and what is the engine called that gets them to that speed? Oh man, I also know these things. Um, so I got this one it's, by it's pure warp fluke. Speed. Yeah, warp that's right. And um, warp drive. Well, I said I said like, just like off the cuff. I was like, and they said, "What about the end?" I said, "I don't know." Warp engine. And he's like, "Yeah, that's right." I said, like, "You're okay. kidding me." He said, "Well." It's warp core, but it has also been called the warp engine. So I'm like, oh, wow, I've completely fluked an answer there. So, um, now, did did you say you haven't seen the Abrams Star Trek movies? I, I've seen, I have seen the Abrams Star okay. Trek movies, but I uh, and these these are Trekkids. They love all Star Trek, but I had a feeling that they were going to be talking more about you know Deep Space Nine, uh, Voyager, the old the older films, the oldest original series, and that's what it was. I'm not sure any questions were based on. Or certainly, specifically around the Kelvin time right. on the Abrams trilogy. So, but we just, the Abrams we just stuff knew. does use a lot of the same stuff. Like, I'm pretty sure. I don't know if they mentioned the replicator, but I think there's a major plot point beyond that has to do with the warp engine. If I'm not mistaken, I, I couldn't remember. This is about this is about 15 questions in. Just, I yeah. just don't know what's going on. But we did win. So uh, again, okay. we're very undeserved. But 
as I said at the end of the episode, look, I'm taking the win here. <laughs> the points say we won, so I'm taking it, even though we all know we didn't really get any points. But uh, So, yeah, Star Trek quiz has been staying bloody awesome by doing a cross-IP quiz. And uh, it was a lot of fun leading up to Star Wars Day. So, John, may the 4th be with you. Happy Star Wars Day. Same to you, my friend. Same to you what we live for uh that is our episode then of the bloody awesome movie podcast this week our review of uh, without remorse hopefully let us know what you thought about the film next week we're going to be coming back at you with a uh, review of a netflix film this time and it's the mitchells versus the machine so tune in next week for a non-spoiler review of that film but in the meantime if you want more bamp in your life you can find us online on twitter at bamp underscore podcast b-a-m-p underscore podcast john where are we on instagram bloody awesome movie pod go find us facebook bloody awesome movie podcast if you want to find me online you can do it what i watch tonight.co.uk or search what i watch tonight on twitter instagram letterboxd you'll, you'll notice a few reviews have been going up recently it's mark wild john where can the world find you you can find me at burkreviews.com and on all the social media at burkreviews and if you like what you've just heard, please do let uh, your film friends know that there's a podcast out there weekly where a couple of film bros get together and we just talk about all that is good or bad in this case about film. And if you really did enjoy it, please consider leaving us five stars on your podcast provider of choice because it helps the show get bigger and bigger and it gets more people in and more people we can chat to about film. Everybody's a winner in that case. However, with that, as always, stay bloody awesome and keep watching movies. Blood, 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 blood,